Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime co-host, Miss Purrington, and Mookie, our newest co-host. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. You can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at Comedy Wham or on our Comedy Wham Facebook page. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, our advice column, Rochelle Takes on Comedy, and we've also got a festivals page and our recently wrapped up FPIA 2022 page where you can see the, the results along the way and the final results of the contest. And of course, we're best known for our events page for live shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW. If you're a comic in those cities and want your show featured on the calendar, go to the events page and click Submit a Show to complete the short survey. Tag us on your Instagram stories or posts and we'll share your show promo. Looking for ways to support all these resources we provide? You can donate to Comedy Wham on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Search for Comedy Wham on Patreon and check out our subscriber perks. Now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations and will usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, I am talking to somebody who has probably long since forgotten this, but he did do our 2020 isolation comedy online shows once. <laughs> and he is a recent university graduate, and he's part of that growing comedy scene that came out of San Marcos with the Texas State University, and I think it's the comedy club, comedy group, whatever, he'll tell me. It's part of the whole Gabe Cortez clan and Garrett Buss clan. Uh, he was a, was, is, was, it's in the past, it's finished. He's, he was a 2022 FPIA finalist at the Cap City uh, returning contest. And he recently, actually just this weekend, I no, a couple weekends ago, boy, I am flustered. Uh, he recently opened for Alex Moffat, an SNL uh, alum. And now Comedy Wham presents our guest, John Heft. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. I, uh, you have made yourself at home. You've got your Harry Potter um, house cup. Yes. Uh, Mookie loves you. He is hanging out by you. Oh, we become good friends over here. Yeah, you're, you're very good friends. And uh, we are. I'm in the middle of Halloween decorating. You didn't even comment on the skeleton on the couch oh, when yeah, you I walked didn't even in. That. <laughs> I think that's just the, the part of being a young comedian and seeing your friends. Nightmare apartments as you walk in and you just see something weird, you're like, that makes sense. Yeah. That's, that's pretty normal. Yeah. It's just on the right. yeah. Eventually it, would, it will make its way outdoors, uh, but uh, for now it's living on our couch. Uh, I'll have to post a picture. Actually, you can find a picture on my, my personal account because the, this cat in particular was snuggled up to it recently and it was just the best picture ever. <laughs> well, John, welcome. Um, I'm trying to go through the, the FPIA finalists that I haven't talked to before and make sure that they, they get a chance to tell us a little bit more about yeah. themselves. You are one of those super young comics, uh, so it's kind of uh, cool because you've got the maybe the pie in the sky, the, the rose-colored glasses on. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and you have, I, I almost was going to put this in the, in the introduction, but I thought, eh, that'll be too cheesy. Uh, I, when I do my research on comics, I always stalk, you know, social media and I'm, I noticed on your Facebook, like you have your parents, you have aunts, cousins, like they're always cheering you on and supporting you. I'm like, oh man, that is the life. Yes. I'm very lucky <laughs> in that I have a very, very, very supportive parents. Yeah. Like since high, like since high school. Uh, I remember, um, like with my dad, I remember telling my dad, uh, when I was going into college, I wanted to do theater cause like back in high school I was really leaning, I knew I wanted to do entertainment. I hadn't mm. figured out stand up was what I wanted to do yet. Yeah. But, um, I remember I told my dad, my dad was like, what are you going to major in? Mm. And I was like, I don't know, probably like business or something like that. And he was like, why? Huh. Like major in theater. He's like, you want to do theater? You should major in theater, oh. which is an insane thing. Yeah. For a parent to suggest. <laughs> That's code for you. you want to be poor? Yeah. Let, just exactly. do theater. 
Yeah, because it was just I like looking back on it, it was like it's it's very supportive, but it's yeah. also like what a horrible piece of advice. <laughs> <laughs> I could have. I'm doing stand-up. I could have majored in business and had like a decent job right yeah. now, but no, majored in theater. <laughs> it's the long game. That's yeah. the thing. It's it, the long game. It was yeah. worth it. I yeah. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Yeah, it made yeah. it easy to get through classes. Yeah, and that's Sa- San Marcos and the Texas State University, like that whole like comedy. I guess. Well, we're we're jumping way ahead of ourselves. I'll I'll come back to that that question and comment, but I do have an official icebreaker question, oh, yeah. and that is one word to describe your past. Oh, um, wow. That's that's actually that's a tough one to. Uh, I, I don't know why I want to say tumultuous because mm. I don't think it is uh-huh. that, but that was just the first word that came into my mind. It, <clears throat> it was, I, yeah, I, I, pretty, pretty chill. Like really, yeah. like I would say, yeah, it's it's a mixture. There's moments <laughs> that aren't great. There's moments that are great. You yeah. know, and uh, I, I feel I've been pretty lucky in my life, and uh, the like I said, the support system I've had, in my family, and uh, you know. Well, you know, my friendships and stuff like yeah. that. I've had good ones, but it's also been just a lot of craziness in my life. I've dealt with a lot of a lot of bullying when I was younger mm. and stuff like that. So that's where I would say that word comes into mind is that it's like I've had a lot of great things. Yeah. But I've also had to deal with like you know, socially is where my troubles in life yeah. come from. It's never yeah. everywhere else have been pretty comfortable. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And the, yeah. the bullying thing is something that you made fairly prominent in your, your FPIA final set. Yeah. That was the only set I got to see. Some, you know, some, some comics I was lucky I got to see them multiple times through the contest, but that was the, the only time I got to watch yours, and that was a pretty big... Yeah, uh, it's something I talk about a lot in my comedy. I think it's a thing of it's like looking back on it, the things I'm making fun of, yeah. like at the time were like awful, not fun, made me yeah. feel really bad. But now it's my way of being like, ah, you know what? Like let's make let's make a joke out of it. Now it, yeah. like now I'm in charge of this situation. Yeah. Now I don't feel so, you know, and it, it taking away like any feelings of, you know, cuz when you're getting bullied, you're like, you know, you feel it's like a powerlessness kind of feel yeah. where you're like I I was never good at handling it. Hmm. You know, like I've never been good at like like dealing with when other people are being mean to me. And so it's nice to have like stand up where I'm on the stage, and everyone's paying attention. And I'm like, now I get to talk about this, and now like I get to think about it and give myself, you know, yeah, that power back. Yeah, and it's relatable for most of the people in the world. I mean, yeah, who hasn't been bullied except for you know, the the jock or the beauty queen of of the classroom or whatever. But most of us are. Have, have yeah. had experiences. With it is them. also like it's fun to just look back at it and be like, it, it is silly. Like it is like some of it is just like you're like I can't believe like that was who was bullying me. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, like I have a joke about a guy bullying me while dressed as the Beast from Beauty and the Beast in theater. <laughs> yeah. And it's like looking back on it, it's like how did I let him hurt my feelings? You know? Right. <laughs> you have a fake mane on right now. <laughs> And you're making me feel bad. That doesn't make sense yeah. at all. Yeah, it's it's funny how you you end up using comedy as your like way to sort through all of it and realize, oh my gosh, it was. Yeah. Kind of. Because it's at the end of the day, you know, once it's in the past, you're like all I can do is look back and yeah. kind of laugh at it. Because you know, if I'm holding on to an insult someone said to me at 16, yeah, then I would just be a crazy person. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. No, definitely not. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Cedar Park. Oh, yeah, so oh my, up, you're one of those rare unicorns. <laughs> yeah, I grew up actually in Austin, yeah. which is rare, especially yeah. nowadays. Like all of, my, all of my friends now moved to Austin after COVID. Yeah. And so like they're all from Philadelphia, California, Pittsburgh, New York, all this. Yeah. And, so, and then like I'm the one person I know that actually <laughs> grew up here. And I just got lucky. You yeah. Know? yeah. I got lucky that like the comedy scene it became like one of the best comedy scenes in the world yeah just where i was i didn't have to go anywhere yeah that is pretty lucky i yeah. get well i guess it's lucky if it, if you wanted to stay here yeah you know well, with outside forces you know not comedy related it's you know, yeah 
I well, I had a plan. My plan after college was to go to LA because mm-hmm. I have a bunch of friends out there, and mm-hmm. I really like it. And I'm, the dream is to get in at the comedy store one day. Mm, yeah. And um, and then, but once everything moved here, I was just like, well, why would I go? Yeah. This is like it's such a good comedy scene. You know, more clubs are opening up, more opportunities. There's so much like it's easier to network here. Yeah. But and there's like so much talent that it's like it pushes you, it drives yeah. you. So, like. I've been to those bigger scenes now, and, like, I've seen, like, there's not all, like, it, the the level of talent that we have here is not matched in L.A. and New York. Mm. Like, like, the top, top of the top, yeah, sure. like, obviously, yeah. but then, like, below, like, the open micro level, like, it's not the same, and it's not the same competition yeah. that we have here, and so, you know, huh. it pushes you to get a lot better. Yeah. Uh, I want to go, we'll eventually, like, go through a timeline, but, uh what was the role of comedy in your life? I mean, if you were kind of interested in the theater aspect, I guess there was some comedy element. But when you think about comedy growing up, what does that conjure up for you? So when I was a kid, I just remember, like, I I just thought the kids that were the funniest in class were the coolest. Hmm. And I was like, those guys are cool. Yeah. And I always wanted to be the kid that, was, like, made the whole class laugh. Because yeah. I was like, that's, you know, like, there's nothing better than that, you know? Yeah. It's undeniably cool. Everyone likes it. Everyone's happy. And then I didn't even know what stand-up was until I was 10 or 11, and my dad showed me a Brian Regan album. Hmm. And uh, me and my little sister is like, fell in love with it and huh. memorized the entire hour like wow. when i was like 11 years old i could do an entire hour of regan's material wow. and uh and so then we just got obsessed with that and it was and i loved like saturday night live and i loved just anything that was funny yeah. like that was just what naturally i i was drawn towards i liked it and i was very funny with my family but i wasn't capable of doing that with my friends at the time okay. you know and so it was like i just was obsessed with literally anything that I can think, of. I think, I think too. Like most of the TV I would watch as a kid, like was all just like silly, goofy. Like, I watched a lot of Scooby Doo. <laughs> that was my that was my number one show. Yeah, and it is. Yeah. You know, it's a funny show. It's a when great you're, show. When you're nine yeah. years old, it's a very funny show. And so it was like all I was taking in as a kid was just funny stuff. Yeah, and it just became like an obsession of mine just to be funny in the classroom just to be funny with my friends like I was like that was the first goal of like I wanted like without even realizing I was like I want to do comedy I was like trying to do comedy you know and what did that look like like were you cracking jokes were you reciting the Brian Regan jokes to your friends yeah I would try but back then I was I think I tried to do what my what I would see my friends do that was funny I would try and like imitate them yeah instead of just like being myself yeah and so then it would never work it right. just wasn't funny because i was doing you know whatever my friends were doing and so then i would just uh, uh yeah it took me a while to like open up and like start and then there was like one day in like high school where like i just like clicked and then everybody was like john's funny and i was like all right i'm never gonna change this is who <laughs> i am nice. forever now yeah <laughs> uh do you remember what it was that they said you 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 cl- it clicked for you it's actually <laughs> The story is kind of insane. Uh, there was the first time I ever made like an entire classroom laugh. Uh-huh. It was it was eighth grade and it was in my English class, and uh, we were reading. Oh my god, we were reading the Diary of Anne Frank. Oh god, oh boy. Yeah, and it's not it's not as bad as it sounds. Okay. That's the rough, that's the roughest part of it. Yeah, that's the roughest part of the story. But there was a uh, so where it's the play right, and so we were all assigned parts to read uh-huh. in this classroom. And there is one moment where I'm playing, like, the dad, and there's, like, it's, he has this short line where it's, like, all caps, and everybody, you know, is going around the class just, like, droning on, mm. just reading and be like, no, Papa, I don't want to do that, like, that kind of stuff. And yeah. so when it got to me, I was like, I think it'd be funny if I just scream it. Uh-huh. So I did. I just, like, fully committed, just, like, yelled it, like, in the moment, and it made the whole class laugh, and I was like, all right, all right. <laughs> I like this. This is fun for me. I'm chasing this for the rest yeah, of my life. Is, I will, I, yeah. <laughs> I will dedicate my life to this. Well, that's amazing. In an eighth grade, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you did performance in high school? Yeah. I was, uh, so I was, uh, I did theater, um, which was around the same time eighth grade was around when I realized I, like, was interested in that. Because yeah. I would watch, like, all the behind-the-scenes stuff in movies, and I was just fascinated with, like, uh 
being an actor, yeah. like being in, you know, getting to wear the, I loved, I dressed up like all the time growing up. Like I was always like a dress up kid playing pretend kind of thing. And so I loved the idea of doing that for yeah. a living. And then, uh, yeah, I got into theater in high school and, uh, then, yeah, I just, you know, that's where I found like people, like the only friends I still have from high school are the friends I made in theater. Mm. And we keep up very, we're very close to this day. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason that kept me in it is because it was a, it was the first group of people that like were nice to me yeah, consistently. And I felt like accepted and I was like, all right, cool. I like this a lot. Yeah. And so then I kept it in it and I just did, you know, you know, it became, that was my whole high school experience really. It was just theater was the most important thing in the world. Yeah. I remember the first time I ever did stand up actually, we did this thing, uh, called coffee house at my theater we did it in our black box theater and it was like you would sign up to perform something you know so people would come and like play a song people would come and do a monologue mm -hmm. and i was like i'm gonna do i'm gonna do stand up you know because my buddy my buddy who wasn't in theater him and i would like were obsessed with it would literally just go home all of high school and just after school just like watch bilber louie whoever wow we wanted to watch and so uh and he was way funnier than i was so i was always trying to convince him to get into it and he wouldn't do it so I was like, right, i'm gonna try it here and I was about 16, and I did not prepare. <laughs> I did not write a single joke. Oh, boy. I had an idea in my head, uh -huh. and I had five minutes. And I went on stage, and I talked about the different stages of eating a muffin for five <laughs> minutes. And it went poorly. <laughs> in front of all my closest friends. Oh, man. And it went very badly. Oh, man. <laughs> which, is, which is crazy, because it's funny to think that... Um, my friend Bobby, who is he's my best friend, he lives in L.A. right now, and uh, I was just out visiting him, and he he saw me do that. And then when I was in L.A. this last week, I had the privilege of doing a show at the Comedy Store, nice. and uh, he got to come and watch me do that. So uh -huh. it's like the duality of yeah, it, of just yeah. like doing it in this, doing, doing terribly oh. in this tiny black box theater in a high school, <laughs> to then seeing me have a good set at the Comedy Store. You yeah. know, it's like it just it's such a crazy duality of yeah. it. Uh, what strikes me about that story is, and because I hadn't seen your comedy since, truthfully, that online show where, you know, nobody's comfortable yeah. doing the online stuff, and I, I don't think you were super into it, and that's fine. I don't take that personally <laughs> at all. Uh, it was just a weird, weird time, um, is that you like the long story. So, the, so I am actually amused by the idea that you know, you like the, the, the longer story setup. That's just my impression from your FPIA set. Uh, and that you started off with five minutes on eating a muffin. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, well, that's how you started, and that's kind of what you've gravitated to. Yeah. So I'm wondering, did you, did you experiment with different uh, approaches to, to comedy in between that? I think... Um... I don't think I really started growing as a comic until after COVID. So mm. I had I had done it like three or four times. The second time I ever did it, I was 16, and I did the mic at Cap City. Oh, wow. And that was fun, and it went okay. But, you know, it wasn't, you know, obviously looking back on it. I thought I went, I thought I did great at the time. It's a great but, crowd. Yeah. It's very, like, easy-giving laughs. They want yeah. to laugh, so they'll, yeah. It's... But then uh, I was very sporadic about doing it until I was about, like, almost 20 when I was like 19 and uh, that's when I like started doing it like heavily before COVID and I did it for about two years but I just I was still in college I was still not I just wasn't focused yeah and I wasn't like putting in the effort that I'm putting in now so I really don't think I even like the first two years I was doing comedy I don't feel like I was even like growing really because yeah. I, I was I wasn't writing enough I was, really wasn't analyzing what I wanted out of comedy. And then over this last year and a half, that's whenever I've noticed like the most growth is cause yeah, it start. that's when I started playing around with like, what, who do I want to be on stage? Mm -hmm. And, um, a big influence on me was, uh, Shane Gillis's special that he filmed at Creek in the cave. Um, huh. I watched it like 10 times. Wow. I like loved it. It just made me laugh so hard. And I think what I realized out of that is that what I loved about watching him is that he, it just feels like hanging out with a friend mm. when he's on stage. And I was like, oh, that's kind of what I want it to be yeah. with me is I want it to have that feeling of you're like, oh, we're not in a comedy club. We're not in this big room. Like we're sitting in someone's garage drinking beers and I'm just, you know, 
right. talking shit. Like yeah. that's really like, and I once I feel like once I figured that out, I was able to like dive more deeply into like my personal stuff because I was like, oh okay, now now that I know that it doesn't feel weird to like talk about this, and you know, yeah. it feels it honestly feels weird to just be observational. It feels weird to just be like, oh, Subway's weird, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I feel like I need to be more personal about it. I feel like yeah. that kind of is like what's led me along this way of like. And also, I just knew I like I didn't want to be a one-liner guy. Mm. That was one thing when I came back. I saw a bunch of one-liner guys, and I was like, I don't want to be a one-liner guy. I want to do like I like I like longer jokes. I yeah. like you know I like longer material. And so like those two things combined, like I think is really fed into like where my style is headed and yeah. growing right now. So you've been doing comedy a total of how long? Um, three and a half years, okay. I'd say three and a half years probably. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I said, I don't like not counting those first two years, sure. but I also wish I could. Yeah. Because it's like, <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, I was just so stagnant the whole time. You know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, definitely three, three and a half years of performing for sure. So after that first time in the block, black box theater uh, where, you know, you, you did a set, uh, what was your other first time when you said, yeah, I want to do this? And what, what actually encouraged you to, to do it again? So I think I just decided I wanted to do it again, like, right away. Because ah. I got some laughs with the improv uh-huh. stuff, like, just riffing on the muffin thing. And, you know, and even just, like, getting laughs at, like, at pretending to be embarrassed in front of my friends. And that made them laugh and all that. And I, at that point, I was like, now I want to, like, try. Now I want to, like, write jokes. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I went to my buddy who I, we were obsessed with stand-up. And I was trying to convince him to do it, really. Yeah is what got me, I think, to do it again. Because I was like, dude, like, you were so funny. Yeah. Funniest, to this day, funniest person I've ever met in my life. And uh, I was like, you need to do stand-up. Like, I was like, I emailed Cap City, and I was like, will you let 16-year-olds do your open mic? Is that allowed? And they were like, yeah, for sure. So I was like, awesome. And, uh, and so I told him, I was like, if you sign up, I'll sign up. And he was like, okay. And then I signed up, and he did not. He oh, just never signed up. Oh, man. But I got on, and I, at this point, I remember, uh, I remember sitting in my American Sign Language class because I took American Sign Language because it was way easier than Spanish. And, <laughs> and literally, my, my teacher would stand at the front during tests. She'd have to perform it, and if you didn't know what she, you could be like, Miss Hart, what is that one? She'd just be like, it's dog. And you're like, all right, cool. <laughs> Complete blow-off class. It was easy. And I remember sitting... In that classroom, and I had my notebook, and I was writing jokes, and I would and I would write a bunch of jokes on a page, and I would pass it around to my friends and be like, "All right, give me a check next to the ones you like, and an X one next to the ones wow, you don't." Wow, crowdsourcing yeah. your and comedy. So that's how I was like, "All right, I'm gonna figure out like what should I say on uh-huh. stage because I wanted to do well." And then uh, yeah, I think it went you know it went decent. I remember actually Andrew Murphy hosted. Ah. Andrew Murphy hosted my first ever open wow. mic at Cap City. Yeah, and I because uh, I remember. Looking at him, I thought he looked like Topher Grace. Yeah, <laughs> Murph Dog. Yeah. I really, because yeah. you know he had the short haircut back then. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I really thought he looked like Topher Grace. So that's that's exactly, that's the only reason why I remember that he hosted it. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that was that was really, and then once I did it, then like I didn't know how it worked. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't know that you could go up with the same material. Yeah. Because nobody knew who you were. Yeah. So in my mind, I was like, oh, I gotta write a new four minutes, and then we'll go up. <laughs> so I would go up like once every eight months. Oh man! Yeah. And then, uh, and then it wasn't until I met Garrett Bus, who Garrett was the one that was like, "No, no, no, no. We just do this every night." Yeah. I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, let's do that." Nice. So, uh, did you meet Garrett at at Texas State? I did. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, someone, one of my friends. I had told people that I was like, you know, I was like, I'm a comedian. Uh, I was not. I was not a comedian. <laughs> after but, an open yeah, mic. After three open mics total in two and a half years, but. Uh, and someone was like, oh, there's this club called the Comedy Association. They're having uh, a show. I actually got put quite on the spot. I was telling my friends in my dorm uh-huh. freshman year, and they were like, oh, there's this thing called the Comedy Association. They're having an open mic night. You should go. We'll all come watch. And I was like, oh, God, no. All right. <laughs> After yeah. touting how you were a comic. <laughs> yeah. I, so I very much got put on the spot. And I, I went and I did it, and I met Garrett there. And uh, me and him just became good buddies pretty quickly. Because nice. I think we were both just shared a similar passion for stand-up. Yeah. 
and we just got along really well and had fun and yeah so then that's how uh, i ended up involved in the comedy association at texas state for a year or two um and then ultimately i didn't uh fit well with the group Mm -hmm. so i exited but yeah yeah it was uh that garrett was the first one that was like no we can just go and like when i was 18 i went there was like two months where i was going like four nights a week and then i got my first girlfriend and i was like i'm out of here this is <laughs> way more fun and and then she broke up with me and i was oh, like i man. think i'm gonna do comedy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mistress that's always there in the background <laughs> yeah. waiting for you arms open <laughs> exactly so uh when you were done with the association you still had two years left of school yeah, actually, and, I did three. I did five years total in okay. theater school, so okay. not a good sign for the future. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to think of a witty retort, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> not easy on the pocketbook, let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Most definitely. Um, maybe your dad is like, just really give it your all. Not four years, yeah. five years. <laughs> That's what's crazy. I, like, tried dropping out. Oh. I'm like... I was like, Dad, I want to drop out and just focus on doing stand-up comedy. And he was like, no, you need to get a degree. Yeah. And now I, I've been out of college for a year and a half. And I was like, I'm like was that a good idea? <laughs> yeah. It's like, we have a lot of debt, Dad. Yeah. We have a lot of debt. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's uh, ugh. That's a conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah. um, so when you, uh, so your free time those last few years was was spent doing more open mics and more yeah. shows. So then the two yeah, years leading up to COVID. Tell me the timing because I want to know, like, when does just COVID, like, hit so the, everything? The two years leading up to COVID, I okay. was actually going, uh, I was driving up to Austin about four nights a week, okay. and I was doing, there were two open mics in San Marcos I would do every week. So I was getting on stage, like, six nights a week, which is a good amount. That is good, yeah. But I also, like, just wasn't really writing. I didn't feel confident in the Austin scene when I first showed up. I was like a young kid, and I really wasn't very good. I thought I was good, but looking back on it, I really wasn't very good. And um, and so that like that kind of arrogance, I think, caused me some trouble. Uh, mm. I think uh, I didn't feel widely accepted at first, the way I like now I know everybody, and they're all very kind and good people. And, yeah. you know reconciled with my feelings of being you know it's that classic when you're when you're bullied younger thing then like people don't immediately like accept you you're yeah. like oh shit everybody hates hate me, me. Yeah. yeah and i realized that this isn't true because now that i'm three and a half years into comedy and i see a new young kid come up and start doing it i'm just like i'll talk to him when he's good you know uh-huh. it's, it's like a weird thing where you're like i yeah, have yeah. i have my i have my circle of friends like you yeah. know and like i'll, t- I'll be nice to him but you know so I, I get it now more. Yeah. But yeah, I always I think I just felt so uncomfortable. I felt like people didn't like me that I it really I think I allowed it to stunt my development in comedy because I just wasn't writing. I was very nervous to take new ideas in front of the Austin scene. Yeah. Because I was like I wanted them to think I was good, and so I was just doing like the same jokes for like a year hmm. at on open mics and. Uh, and I think that really harmed my development as a comic, and I got in my head. And then, and it was crazy too to find out like later, like especially after COVID, when I like, got to see all these people again, that they were all like, "Yeah, we, we liked you." And I was like, "Oh man, I was just so in my head. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, they're so nice, and I was so in my head about it." Um, but yeah, so that was that was like a weird time for me. Is like I was doing it, but I wasn't growing, like I mm-hmm. said. And then I was like two years in, and you know, I had like I had found my friends in Austin, and. I was planning, again, I was like, I think I'm just going to move to L.A. because I just wasn't comfortable. Um, and, you know, because it is tough to jump into, like, it's like transferring schools, you know, where it's like, oh, everybody already has their friends. Mm-hmm. Everybody has these, like, and especially in comedy where it's like some of these people have been friends for nine, ten years. Right. And then you're just this, like, 20-year-old kid that's like, hey, you want to hang out with me? <laughs> you know, and it's like, so, um, yeah, I, I think when COVID hit, I was like, I was definitely sad because I liked doing it, but I wasn't working. And it wasn't until once COVID came, like once COVID ended and I came out and I met like everybody was, that was new, that was when I was like, oh, wow, like we're all starting fresh. Yeah. You know, so it's like I was able to like find like a good group there. It was like, it was like starting a new school instead of mm-hmm. like transferring, you know. And so then like that was when I became comfortable and when I really started growing. But those first two years was uh, before COVID. Yeah, I was very, I was just very uptight 
you know, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't anywhere near the same comic I was now. Yeah. That's so interesting. Everybody starts off with that lack of confidence. I yeah. mean, there's a rare bird out there that starts, you know, their first open mic and they're like, they've got all the bravado and confidence and they're like, oh, I don't care if people don't like me, but you kind of have to go through that proving yeah. period. Uh, Taylor Dowdy that I interviewed you know, years back, he, uh, it sticks in my head, like his observation about um, why, why the, the more established comics in the scene don't always open the door to the brand new comics. It's, well, we don't know if you're going to stick around. Yeah. Why am I going to invest time in a friendship? And that is the other thing, too, is it's like most people do quit. Yeah. Because it does suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, not easy. Like, I, to people that don't <laughs> know about stand-up comedy, like, yeah. it does suck to do. But it's like so – when it, when it works, yeah. it's amazing, and that's what will keep you in it. But, yeah, people do just, like, quit, just disappear. You'll just yeah. – like, you'll have somebody, like – You'll have talked to, and then you'll just not see him for eight months, and they'll show up one day, and they'll be like, well, where have you been? And they're like, mm-hmm. ah, I'm dealing with other things. Yeah. Like, All right. Yeah. And then especially, it's, I think, when you're really taking it seriously, and you're, like, head down working hard, like, you see people that aren't doing that, and you just, you kind of write them off a yeah. little bit, you know, because you're just like, oh, well, if you're not really 100% in this, like, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, it's that old thing of, it's like, you want to surround yourself with people that have that same mindset and motivation as you right. to like support it. And it's like, so then you end up just being only around the people that you know are like working as hard as you and everything else. And mm-hmm. that really, I think that's also the thing. It's just, you know, it's just a weird community. It's an yeah. adult high school. It really is. Yeah, it is. And so it, like, when it comes down to it, like I've learned and I think everybody should know that it's just, like, for the most part, there's never any like weird, hateful, hard feelings. It's just life, you know? Yeah. And I, I had to learn that lesson, too, because I, I had always, like, I was literally just like, oh, I think everybody doesn't like me. And then I found out, I was like, no, no, I just wasn't that funny yet. Because <laughs> once you get funny, then everybody likes you. That's, yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. And they want to book you on on their shows, too. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's nice. That's nice validation, too. That is nice. It is a nice feeling. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you remember what your first book show was and how you felt about landing that? I... I think my first booked show was, uh, well, I did a bunch of stuff in San Marcos, but my first one in Austin was um, Baker Street Pub. Huh. Like, yeah, like in 20, 2019, I think. And I remember I was very, like, excited because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my gosh. It's like, you know, in San Marcos, we, like, kind of revered Austin. Yeah. So it was like, you're getting on stuff in, in Austin. It was like, wow. Like, like Garrett. Yeah. Came out here and, you know, because Garrett's such, like, a unique, wacky guy. Like, he immediately started crushing it. Yeah. And we were all just, like, so stoked. We were like, whoa, Garrett's doing well in Austin. That's amazing. So then you get one show in Austin, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I'm booked. Yeah. I got booked in Austin. Yeah. This is huge. And uh, Which is so funny to think about now as someone that, like, lives here and, you know, and how the way things have been going lately. But uh, it, it that's really how it was. So, like, any time I, – I think I only got booked on – two or three Austin shows. Uh, I remember, like, I, I got to do Chortle Portal one time. Oh, Back man. in those days. And it was because, like, someone had to drop out, and I was just there. And so they gave me, like, oh, five nice. minutes. And that, I was, like, scared. Cause That's I was, a like, crazy I, room. Yeah, I revered that show. Like, everybody did, you know? Yeah. And so I was, like, scared whenever I, I remember doing it. <laughs> And, like, now I think about it, I'm like, oh, I should have just had fun. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's so easy to put pressure on yourself. And that's that's what it was. Anytime I was on a show in Austin, I was just like, I, it's like that proving ground where you're like, I have to do good. Yeah. If I do bad, no one will ever put me on one again. And so it was always just pressure, mm-hmm. uh, um, which was, you know, when it did go well, it was like, oh, thank God. You know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, nowadays it's, you know, nowadays I get to chill out a little bit more and yeah. enjoy it a little bit more, but... Those first ones were like, you have to, you have to kill it. Yeah. <laughs> Bust your butt, go as hard as you can. We're we're gonna take our little intermission here, but uh, I I this please understand this question is asked in in pure joking manner. Did doing our online show break you and make you realize you were not gonna be doing any online shows? I think yeah, pretty quickly. <laughs> I think pretty quickly I was like, you know what. <laughs> Because I was at my parents' house at this time, too. So I was sitting in my sister's bedroom. Because my parents' house, the one that they'd moved into at this time, only had two bedrooms uh-huh. besides the master. And I have two sisters. And they were in those bedrooms. I had a 
we had created a refugee camp, as we called it, because it was built of sheets in the front room. Where that's where I was living. So I was sitting in my sister's bedroom drinking a hard seltzer and just like, all right. And I, guess I was excited. And then as soon as it started, I was like, oh, this isn't the same. <laughs> I was like, this is not the same at all. Yeah, I, it's funny. I don't, I don't remember the jokes. I do remember the setting, which is kind of a goofy thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I was looking because uh, I'm, I'm an organized beast, and I scrolled through to see how many times you did the show, and I'm like, yep, just once. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this uh, little card game. It is where should we begin? These are open-ended questions, and uh, after we go through through these open-ended questions, we'll kind of move into your FPIA experience. Absolutely. All right, pick one. I think I'm gonna go here. All right, uh, is this me asking you? No, you you, right. you read it and then you answer it. Says a blind spot I oh. have is yeah. Ooh. I think my biggest blind spot. Um, I think it's like I was talking about earlier. I think it's my own ego and mm. um, and my awareness of how people feel about me. Because mm. uh, like I said, I I I thought for like two years I was like everybody hates me, and then I found out like this year I was like oh no, I was fine <laughs> the whole time. You know, it's just like yeah. I think that's that's where it comes down to for me is that I'm like oh man, uh, I just this, I I make these assumptions about how people feel about me yeah. like right away, and then I always find out that I was wrong, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. I always end up finding out that it was the other way around, and so uh, I think that's that's got to be. Uh, the biggest blind spot I yeah. have is just not socially. Sometimes I'm a bit of a goofball, mm-hmm. and I can I'll just like miss certain cues there that you're like, okay, everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're still fighting that bully mentality. A yeah, exactly. Mentality that's that's exactly me. what it is. It's like that, like trying to just get through the day. Yeah, kind of like back to being in high school. Where you're just like, oh, just don't make yourself like as someone that always wants to be the center of attention. When you're getting bullied, it's hard because then you're like, I don't want to be the center of attention, yeah. but also I I have to be. Yeah, you know that's the that's the ego part of it is that it's like I don't always want to be the center of attention, but there is that part of me that's like you you have to be right mm-hmm. now, and so I think that's where it comes in. I think that that kind of blind spot creates like behavior sometimes where I like I'll have to like check myself. I'll have to like I'll like have a conversation with a friend and then I'll have to like text them and be like, hey, sorry. <laughs> 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 I didn't mean for things to come yeah. off that way. <laughs> uh, you're young, and if if you're carrying that, you're going to be fighting that bl- blind spot for a really long time. Yeah. And I guess as long as you know that, and you as you learn to navigate, you know, especially the comedy world, which is like so, can be so complicated, especially as you kind of climb levels. Yeah. You know, you're just always going to have to... Well, I think that's what's crazy about like you know, the age I'm at right now, because I'm 24, so I am very young, but it's also the first age where I've become aware of it, Mm. where I am, like, I am aware of my, of stuff like that. Yeah. And it's interesting to me, because I'll catch myself, and also I think it's cooled down, like, I used to have, like, horrible anxiety, and I think being aware of this kind of stuff, now I'm, I'm more able to, like, to handle it, because I'm like, oh, like, I I understand what's happening here, like, it's Mm -hmm. not, like, this, like, blind, like, what, what did I do? Did they not like me? Blah, 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 uh-huh. blah. Are they not going to talk to me anymore? Blah, blah, blah. You know, because now I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, I know what happened. I'll talk to them about it. We're all adults. Everything will be fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's that's the nice thing about where I'm at right now. I'm fine. I feel like I'm finally hitting that point where I'm like, oh, I'm like addressing like who I am and like figuring it out a little bit more. Yeah. Like it's actually starting to be become like conscious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, keep keep working at it. I, I'll go back to a conversation that I had with Jasmine Ellis, her first interview with us, and it, another one of those like things that sticks in my in my mind. Uh, she was also a very anxious person, like always thinking people are judging her harshly, mm-hmm. or whatever. And uh, she she threw out this line that anxiety writes the script in your mind, even though that's not at all what's happening around you. That and is so figuring out how to. That is very true. Yeah. Is very very honest. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's see what my card is. A lie I'm tempted to tell about myself. That's tough. Oh man. That's a tough one. <laughs> that I'm healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> that I exercise routinely. <laughs> that I don't eat the chocolate at the end of the night. Oh yeah. There we go. Now I'm I'm pr- pretty transparent. 
but that would probably be the one. That's yeah. of, of the times that I've been doing this where I'm like answering the question, it's usually a hard question, but this this one's easy. <laughs> that's been the other uh, – that's what's great. I'm also – I'm a very open, honest person. Like I'm pretty much – I'm an open book. Like I'll You've tell anybody anything. You've been very open with yeah. me today. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't mind it. It's, you know, it's a part of who I am. But that is one thing that I realized recently is like, I used to like, I would like tell people while I was like, I'm going on a diet, and then I would like get fast food, and I would just like tell my friends, I'd be like, I failed right away. Yeah. And now I've done this thing where like I'll be like, I'm going on a diet, and then I'll get fast food, and I'll just be like, they don't have to know. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, this is bad. <laughs> this is bad. I need to. Uh, this needs to change. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, uh, doing comedy is not very conducive to being healthy. Oh, I not at all. No. Late nights, oh, drinking goodness, beers, yeah. and whatever. It is. It is so unhealthy, <laughs> yeah. and that's the thing. That's what I like. It's it's the best thing in the world, but it is horrible for all of us. Like, it's, it's just horrible for you. <laughs> I could go into mom mode about how you comics need to stop smoking because it's not good for you. Yeah, <laughs> it smells bad. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I agree with all that. That's the thing, though. I, that's the other part about being a comic, I think, is you're aware of all the behavior. You're just yeah. like, I sh- maybe I shouldn't have three beers a night. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. a slice of pizza from the street and smoking cigarettes. But, yeah. and, you know, when you're doing then it, you're, you're doing just, it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're just there, you know. Yeah. Just Your happens. friends are doing it. Yeah. They're not going to tell you. Hey, don't do that. It's not healthy. Yeah, because you know, the, the risk factors are there and... You know, sedentary lifestyle. <laughs> They're not yeah, good. <laughs> no. We, I think all comedians give ourselves a break because we're like, we walk. We walk from... <laughs> you know, I walked from Creek to Velve today. <laughs> That's enough, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought you were going, we walk from the back of the room yeah. to the stage. Yeah, you know, we, we walk around the club. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sometimes I stand. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, let's let's get into FPIA. Uh, had you had you competed before this year? Yes, I, I competed in 2019. Okay, and I did not get past the prelims. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I remember being so excited after that set that I literally afterwards I thought about this the other day, and it kind of made me cringe because I was like, I thought I d- did so well. Mm. I like ran over, and I was so just like pumped up with energy that I saw Taylor Dowdy, and I love Taylor, but. You know, he's not the most touchy-feely guy. He is not, no. And I, I like, was like, Taylor, I'm hugging you. And I just <laughs> gave him a hug, oh, and he shit. was just like, all right. And, and I thought about it recently, and I was like, that was probably so weird for him. Yeah, <laughs> I was oh like, my gosh. To me, I was just, like, so excited. That's, like, that blind spot thing, where I'm like, that's when that behavior, I, I get so excited about myself that uh-huh. I don't realize that I'm like, oh, maybe maybe Taylor Dowdy doesn't want you to give him a hug yeah. right now. Maybe that's what it was, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then I didn't get through that year, um, cause I was on a stack tonight too. I think, uh, I remember Hunter Duncan was on, was oh. on that night, Andrew Wagner, a couple other, like just very good comics. Yeah. Um, but it was a cool experience and I had fun and, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, that was the only other time I'd done it before this year. Yeah. Cause they got canceled for 2020. Yeah. So, dang, you're like even, you, you're topping Tyler. Well, you can't top Tyler, who won. But, like, he had only done two. This was his third. Wow, really? And two of those three. So the last time in 2019, he made it as a finalist as well. Really? So, yeah. So, man, yeah. so a lot of you, generalizing here, like, made vast improvements yeah. in that intervening time, those two years that they didn't have the contest. Yeah, it was crazy. It was a crazy experience, uh, yeah. the entire thing. I think um, round one, I just wanted to get through. Because like, at that point, all my friends had like moved on on their nights. And I was like so like in my head, I was like, oh, I got it. What like, round I, were you? Um, oh, I don't, I don't know. I was like probably... I was like on like the third or fourth week. Or, okay. No, I was, yeah, I was in the second month of it, of the prelims okay. for sure. Um, but like, you know, a bunch of my friends, like my close friends and my group, uh, had all moved forward. And so I was like, okay, like, you know, a little bit of pressure there. Cause yeah. you're like, I want to, I want to be on level with my friends. And also mm-hmm. I just, I want to prove myself that I can get through. And then prelims happened and I got through and I was like, wow, that's awesome. You know, I was very happy with it yeah. and it was a, it was a cool experience. Um, and then I thought that was going to be it, really. I was, mm. I was just fully ready to be like, all right. And I got through the prelims. We're going to do semis. It'll be fun. We'll have a good set. 
and then that'll be it. You know, that'll be that. Um, and so then when I got to semis that night, I was just having fun. I was just in a good mood because, you know, whole lineup. I know the whole lineup. They're all my buddies, mm-hmm. and they're all just crushing. So it was just really fun to watch them. I just remember sitting in the back. I was, uh, and I'd had a few drinks, and I was sitting there, and I was just like, like, really having fun just everybody was doing so good yeah so i was like this is such a fun thing to watch and then i went up and my set went really well as well and i was like that was awesome but i i really i didn't think uh i didn't think i was gonna get through because hmm. everybody was so talented i remember i uh, i don't know if you know tony casillas of course but i had Love called him. yeah i had called tony because he like had texted me been like how's it going so i called him and i was like oh, i had a good set but i don't think i'm gonna get through you know, it is what it is. And, uh, and Tony was like, I don't know about that, but you just wait. <laughs> and then I was like, nah, nah, nah. And then, yeah, when they, I remember on my night, they called Clara Blackstone, who was clearly going to go through. Yeah. That night, she opened up the show, had oh. the best side of the whole night. Wow. Clearly going to go through. Then they called Sonny Castillo. Huh. And in my head, there was like two other comics that I thought were going to get through that weren't me. So I, I started thinking those names on that third envelope. Yeah. And, uh, it was Doug Mellard who was hosting and Doug and I like formed a good little relationship over the last year and he's been very supportive of me and stuff. And so, yeah, when he, when he pulled it out and he called my name, I literally did like, like a double take. I was just like, <laughs> I literally was like, wow. Yeah, I was like blown. I was just in such a, like, I was in such shock that I had gotten through. Yeah. And I was so happy about it. I was just like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is insane. And it was, it, it was like, the craziest night. Because, like, I, I, yeah, I was just I was shocked that I, I made it to the finals. I was very uh, proud of myself. And then on that one, I was like, the finals, I was like, there's no way. I was like, there's no way I'm winning this. I, was like, I, I didn't think I was ready if I had won it, you know? Huh. Like, I feel like you get a lot of cool opportunities out of that. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that was what scared me is winning. I was like, oh, man, it's going to be a I won that'd be crazy yeah like just get you know there's so much going on from that but uh I was just happy to be able to showcase myself in front of you know the judges panel that they had which was an insane panel of people and Mm -hmm. you know show myself off to Chandy and hopefully you know get some work there eventually and hopefully you know be seen by Colleen and get in it with Moon Tower at some point yeah I was really just happy about all that at that point but it did on finals night I the day of finals, I was over at my buddy's place, and I had an allergy attack from his dog. Oh, no. So when I showed up to the finals, I was still, like, like feeling horrible. Oh, no. And I had to take, like, it was so bad, I had to take, like, ibuprofen right before my set just to fight off a fever. Oh, and so, God. yeah, I was, I was very uncomfortable and ill during that set. And so I, uh, that was kind of a bummer, because I felt like I could have... I feel like I, I, I felt like I felt good about my set, but I was like, I definitely could have done better if yeah. I was like more, I just wasn't as present as I like to be. Hmm. But overall, it was just insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane experience. I genuinely couldn't believe it the whole time. Yeah. I was just like, wow, this is wild. And hmm. getting into that room with 300 people, you know, that balcony set too, you're just like, wow. Yeah. It's such a good room. Is that the largest room you've performed in front of? It's on par with the Crowd. largest I've performed in front of. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, well, I guess but, Alex's show you probably had had a big crowd. Yeah, Alex. Alex's shows were uh, were really great, and uh, you know I've done shows at Vulcan mm. uh, Gas Company, which I think sells about three hundred. Yeah. But uh, it was that's my favorite. That's my favorite room. I think that's the best. I think I don't think there's a better room for comedy. The Vulcan in, room in Texas. No, Cap City. Oh, Cap yeah. City's new main room. I don't think there's a better yeah. room for comedy in Texas right now. It's just designed so perfectly. Yeah. And it's so fun. I have one beef. Yeah. I do not like that door. Which door? On the oh, stage. the front door. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it is kind of weird. What they need to do, because they're going to listen to me now that I've written two articles, not to brag, but I am bragging. You know, <laughs> now that I've written two articles for the Chronicle about Cap City, yeah. I feel I can air my beef. I think what they need to do is replace the door and have the little shiny thingies, you know, yeah. the hang down, like the 70s. Uh, beads. Yeah. That way somebody comes through that way and then they just need to figure out something because uh, when I talked to Andrew Murphy for the the, artic- the last article, uh, he mentioned that the green, green room is literally right there on the other side of that wall. Mm-hmm. And in Yeah, that case, it is. It's literally, you just like, you open the door and you just walk out. Yeah. So that was... they need to figure out a way to have a buffer of sound for the people having fun in the green room. The craziest I've ever heard a crowd was at finals. I'm standing in the back 
and it's, you know, Murphy just did his host set. Yeah. And he's bringing up Sawyer, right? Because Sawyer went first. And, yeah. um, and like, I, we can hear them cheering, but then Sawyer opened the door, and it was just, just like wow. a wave of sound. <laughs> and I just watched Sawyer walk out, and I was like, no way. <laughs> and then you can, while you're in the green room, you can just hear everybody, and it's just like, I just, yeah. Like, he was just slaughtering out there, just crushing. Yeah. And it was like... That's when you get like really excited. Is when you're like, oh, if the yeah. crowd's like this hot, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Because like, yeah, like the the wave of sound. It was it was the most insane thing. It's like you know, and uh, it's like in Harry Potter, you uh -huh. know. And uh, which one is it? The Prisoner of Azkaban when they're in that hotel and the maid is walking by uh -huh. and she's like housekeeping and opens the door and it's like the lion roar. <laughs> Uh -huh. You know that scene? Yeah, yeah. It was like that, but for <laughs> cheers of yeah. comedy. And it was it was the craziest thing ever. And then it was and again, it was just another fun night of just like watching everybody do really good and yeah. just being like, Wow, like I'm surrounded by such talented people. You know? yeah. And it's what a privilege it was to be involved in that. Yeah. Like that I was really how I like I felt about the whole situation. I was just very like, I can't believe I think that's where it was different from 2019. 2019, I really wanted to like pass through. I really wanted to, and I was competitive about it. And on this one, after the first round, I uh, that competitiveness was just gone. It was more just like I was just very excited and grateful for the opportunity, and I felt very lucky and privileged, and you know, to share the stage with so many talented people. And then when Tyler won, I was so happy because I love Tyler Gross, mm -hmm. and he deserves it. He's such a good comic, and. So yeah, it was just such a fun experience yeah. overall. It was very cool and getting to see like you know Sawyer started in San Marcos uh, as well as I, yeah. and so getting to see him, I think he started like a month after me. So getting to see huh. him, you know, go from there to like both of us getting to be in that yeah. top nine was really cool. Yeah. It was a really cool thing. Yeah, it was it was an amazing lineup. Yeah, it was it was crazy, and also just like I love uh, Gabe Bickford, uh -huh. who he's like a year in. Wow. He's like such he's like such a young comic wow. and he's so funny. Yeah. And to see him get to, you know, get that far and Sean Riley who's a, who's just uh, I he's one of the funniest people I've ever met. I love him. So yeah. getting to see that. Just like everybody. Everybody deserved to be there I felt and I, it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a uh, it was fun to watch from from the other side. Yeah. <laughs> So are you starting to get picked up now more for, like, you get the opportunity to open for for Alex at the Creek? Yeah. Are, are those opportunities starting to, to come in? Yeah, the Creek more? has been super cool. Uh, that that was a cool thing, actually. They were, Rebecca and Colton, who are, you know, the bookers at Creek, were at my prelims night, and that's how I was able to get uh -huh. the Alex gig. And I've done another. I hosted for uh, DJ Demers there as well, and Murphy was featuring, so that was fun. And uh, yeah, just hopefully the work keeps coming. Uh, you know, hopefully, yeah, I, I I love getting to do it, but it's definitely a fuller calendar nowadays, yeah. uh, which is nice. You know, mm -hmm. gotta love. I I don't know. I just like doing it. I just like performing. So any chance I get to perform in front of a good crowd, yeah, I'm grateful for. It. And I feel yeah, I just feel I just feel very lucky. Yeah. Honestly, like through all of it, it's hard to, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a weird place to be in. I, I feel like it's like when things start working out, cause then you're like, I'm, I, you get very excited about it and you want to yeah. be like, Oh my God, can you believe this? And then, but then you also don't want to be that guy. You yeah. Know? And <laughs> Plus, so there is guaranteed going to be a disappointment along the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. There's been a like, sad reality. That's just comedy yeah. is it's just yeah. ups and downs, you know? Yeah. So it's like. I think really the the main thing I've just been trying to do is just keep trying to get better, you know, yeah. and uh, keep growing as a comic and just be grateful for any opportunity I get. That's really my mindset these days, yeah. just be happy about it because, you know, yeah, you're right. Like at any moment, things could just go from being busy to not being busy at yeah. all again, you know, and have a couple months where it's super dead and yeah. just out there doing open mics and so yeah, I'm just happy to I'm just happy to be busy right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really where I'm at. Are you running any of your own shows? <laughs> no, I'm not really a producer. Ah, uh, okay. I, I I'm too scatterbrained. Huh, interesting. I'm very ADHD and I feel like I I have a tough enough time as it is just getting myself to sit down and write <laughs> jokes. So I was like if I was running a show I would never have any new material. Mm. So yeah, it's not really not my forte yeah. running things yeah. it's good to know though that you know this is my strength this is not my strength so i'm not going to go out there and fuck it up plus it you know could affect your reputation too yeah if you if you 
actually don't do a good job, uh, then people are going to be like, eh. Yeah, and there's already so many like already great so many, shows yeah. and people are so i mean the producing out here has gotten insane over the last like year and a half yeah. there's just people that i like you know like people that make their entire living off of the shows they produce mm-hmm. which does sound that's the one part of it that's like attractive <laughs> is like oh wow, i can pay my rent doing that but at the end of the day it's also just i think my biggest focus is that i just want to be good at it i yeah. just want to be good at stand-up and so i'm not really concerned with anything other than my own material and my own uh journey in comedy yeah yeah uh being uh raised here in texas doing or in austin doing comedy here in austin have you thought about taking your your act on the road doing like a little tour just you know even if it's bar tours you know those comics that do that to kind of experience yeah I haven't I haven't gone to any like small town stuff. Like I I try to get out on the road as much as possible, you know. I've done you know, I I've just you know, pretty much anytime anybody offers me anything, I'm going to say yes no matter where it is. Like yeah. I've done an like impromptu trip to New Orleans for a couple of shows oh. one weekend where my buddy just called me and was like, "Hey, I need a ride to New Orleans so you can have spots on the show." I'm like, "Yeah, I got you." So we drove up there together and uh it was a nightmare, but <laughs> It went really badly. Oh, no. Um, but, it, you know, it was still fun. And I, you know, I like to do shows. I go out to L.A. pretty frequently and do shows there. And Houston, San Antonio. Yeah. I'm trying to get up to Dallas. But I think, yeah, right now, I don't know. I feel right now my I, I'm just very focused on the material over everything mm. else. Because I think I have this, like, fear of, like, getting stuff that I'm not ready for. Huh. And so I'm like, I'm not pushing myself like forward as much as I like probably should be just because I'm just like, I just, I'm so obsessed with like, I have to be ready. Like I have to have yeah. this, like, this has to be perfect. You know, oh like, man. And I'm, I'm too perfectionist about it. <laughs> yeah. John, the mama bear is about to come out right now. So if somebody's giving you that opportunity, they see it. Yeah. And I'll take it. <laughs> okay. I'll definitely take it. <laughs> But I'm also just like so – I'm such a perfectionist about comedy, which is the worst thing you can be yeah. with comedy because yeah. it's, it's never going to be perfect. Right. But I'm like the kind of guy that I, I, I could – if I do 10 minutes and every joke's working the whole time but there's one joke that doesn't work, I'm going to walk off and be like, that was, that the was, worst thing that ever. was bad. Yeah. I had a bad set. <laughs> oh, God. One of my jokes didn't work. And then I have oh. to have my friends literally have to be like, shut up. <laughs> you did good. Stop. And I'm like, all right. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Because I'm just like, that's, I don't know, I think that's just how, like, judgmental, I, I, I just, I want to get to that next level, you know, I want to, like, get there, and I feel like the best way for me to do it, is because I'm not a self-starter, Yeah. I'm going to have to be an industry guy, so I'm like, I have to be really good for the industry to want to pick me up and help me, Yeah. and so, like, that's just where my mind is, like, I, if I'm not killing the entire time I'm on stage, I'm going to leave and be like, it's annoyed, you know, <laughs> and it could be a good set, yeah. and then people will tell me it's a good set, and I'm like, oh. They don't know. Shut I missed up. the yeah. wording on, yeah. on this one little I messed spot. Up. Yeah. But. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's. <sighs> what about festivals? Festivals? I need to apply to them. Um, but again, I just. That's where the ADHD scatterbrain uh. stuff go, comes in is that I'm just like, oh, like, I miss festival uh, applications, like, all the time. Mm. Like, I'll have one and I'll be like, all right, I need to apply to this. And then. Like, I was going to apply for uh, Skankfest in Vegas, and then I went to New Orleans. <laughs> and I forgot. Uh, I just completely... And then I remembered, like, the like I remembered like 20 minutes after the deadline. Oh, no. Because I remember I had woken up that morning and been like, oh, I have to submit to that today. And then it was like, we were driving back overnight, and it got it was like 12.20 a.m., and I was like, fuck. Oh, 20 man. minutes. Yeah. And so it was... Uh, I, that's a lot of things. I need to get into more festivals, though, because there's so many good ones, and... Mm-hmm. I have friends that do them too. Yeah. There's just so much. It's weird how like, just, I don't know. I just, I get busy and then I'm so bad at managing time. That's my biggest downfall mm. is just time management is going to kill me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that time management. I can't help you on that one because I am like the ultimate time management <laughs> person. <laughs> I'm so bad about it. <laughs> if I just had a calendar or a planner, if I just had a planner, I'd be fine. <laughs> but then I wouldn't use it. I, I have a, f- a phone app. That's my calendar. Mm-hmm. And then I have a paper calendar in my office. <laughs> oh. 
And I think I do, I, there's a, a third like redundancy too. That way I don't miss things. The most organized I have in my phone. <laughs> I'm amazed you made it here today. Yeah. <laughs> knowing this. I, I'm, I'm good about like, because I do this basically. I just, I have my, I have a list of the days the shows are on. And then the day of, I'm like, I'll find out where it is uh-huh. and what time it's at. Oh and I just know that, oh, I just know that on the 13th, I have to be uh-huh. two different places. And and then I'll, I'll figure that out. I guess that works. That day. Yeah, it's it's not it's not the best <laughs> way of doing it, but yeah, it's it's working well uh, right now. I guess. Yeah, when you start getting booked all the time, <laughs> yeah. you may have to come up with a different system. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Or you'll get time. management. That's that's what we're hoping for. Somebody else to do it for me. <laughs> well, we're gonna start wrapping wrapping up. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want people to know about you? I don't know. I feel like we've covered a lot of bases. We have. Yeah. Good conversation. Yeah. Uh, I think that's about it. I, just, I, I don't know. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, are you ready for your closing question? Yes. One word to describe your future. Bountiful. Bountiful. Yeah. That feels good. Yeah. That's the hope. Yeah. I like that. I'm glad you didn't say uh, planned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, that is a wrap on Comedy Wham presents John Heff. Tell us where we can find you on social media and your upcoming shows. Uh, Instagram at John Heft uh, and Twitter at John Heft Comedy. And then, yeah, all my shows, anything like that will be uh, on my Instagram. So. Okay. Very good. Find everything there. Cool. Well, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how John got to be the comedic genius and taming those bully voices uh, that you heard today just as much as I have. This has been Comedy Wham Presents John Heft. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, John. Thank you.